So uh, to start off the podcast this week, we're going to do All in the Family. So if anyone clicked on this on YouTube and you only want to hear about All in the Family, just skip ahead two minutes because I've got a podcast admin, <laughs> just podcast crap I wanted to bring up. So this podcast, you know, we started it way back in the day when I was traveling and it's called Calling Home because it was just, it's like uh, a lot of times I do podcasts with ulterior motives, kind of, of like, if I don't have a reason to call home, I just wouldn't do it. I keep putting it off, but it's like, oh, we got a podcast, so let's just do it, you know? And that's, and now it's, I come over here every week and we watch an old TV show, but again, it's so I actually come across town and I don't just put it off, you know, and it's just fun to do a podcast, but I like to couch the two things together. It's a good way to motivate myself. But also, if I don't have a clever name for a podcast, I just call it what it is. So like my writing podcast is called How to Write a Novel. And this podcast was about calling home. So it's called because Calling Home. you were calling home. Yeah. And I just figure like if you, if you don't have a clever name, at least it just explains what it is. <laughs> you know, it keeps it clear. But now that we've been doing this TV thing and uh, we've done more episodes of the TV stuff than we did the calling home stuff, because that was quite intermittent. You know, obviously it was just whenever I would call home. And this we've been doing every week. So I was like, you know, it could be time for uh, a rebranding since it's not about calling home at all. But, you know, I was like, whatever, who cares? It doesn't really matter what a podcast is called, especially on YouTube. No one gives a shit. But I just had a little brainstorm the other day because I always, when I post these on YouTube, I always call it revisiting whatever. Again, just to explain what it is. So this week we'll be revisiting all in the family. So someone will know this is a video, although it's really just audio, but about going back to... Perry Mason, revisiting that 70s show, whatever. And it just occurred to me all of a sudden, since I always title them that on YouTube, why don't we call this podcast Revisiting? Because not only are we revisiting old shows, but I'm revisiting you here on the North Side every week over and over. I just keep coming over to visit. All right. That yeah. makes sense. So, I mean, I just got to make a new logo. It doesn't matter. It's all back-end shit. But it's just like, because uh, then I also thought once I start traveling again, we would just revert back to the old style. But, uh... Probably we're not gonna. Probably we're just gonna keep talking about old TV shows. So, <laughs> so like you know, it took a while to uh, solidify the shift. But I just yeah, it just suddenly occurred to me that since I'm already titling them that on YouTube, and it's like ah, finally after fucking five years or however long it's been. Actually, maybe it's been longer than that. Anyway, but I think it'll just. Uh, I'm not gonna go back and rename the old ones or anything. I'll just from here on in this episode will be the bloop. We've changed from calling home to revisiting with Barb and Keith or whatever. <laughs> so it's, it's still sort of explains. I mean, I guess it explains better than calling home. Calling home just doesn't make sense anymore. But yeah, it just occurred to me the other day, like, hey, why not? Revisiting. I like that title. It's kind of good. Okay. So I mean. this week, we're revisiting All in the Family. <laughs> so how this came about is because we watched um, King of Kensington, which is a 70s sitcom that uh, you knew from the 70s and I knew from the going to the actual Kensington neighborhood in Toronto. And I'd just never seen it before. So it's like, all right, let's go revisit King of Kensington. And uh, I didn't particularly like it because it's it's really political. It's really of the era. Like the jokes were extremely topical and fresh at the time. So of course that makes them not timeless and uh, they made no sense to me. And just that the whole tone was nice guy, liberal version of Archie Bunker is how I kind of took it. Does that sound sort of accurate to you? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we talked a lot on that episode from two weeks back about, because again, I, I know of All in the Family, but I've never really sat down to watch it. 
Basically, I was kind of coming to the conclusion that I feel like I would probably like All in the Family better because it's a similar type of show. Here's just an everyman, working man type of guy. But instead of this beautiful leftist utopian Canadian ideal of what this guy would be like, All in the Family is, no, here's what the guy's really like. He's every man's bigot. Right. And I remember you yeah. saying that like when that show was on at the time that uh, you felt like other people were not getting that that was the, oh, the yeah. idea. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There was all kinds of people that I knew who refused to watch it because they couldn't stand that man. And the things that he talked about, just they just couldn't watch it. And they were missing the whole, the whole message is that Archie is, he's every man, and he is the bigotry and the prejudice and all of that that, I'm not saying everybody's got it, but there's a heck of a lot of people who have that, and he is representative of that. And even today, All in the Family, to me, is uh, as relevant today as it was when it was first made, because that stuff is still very, very prevalent out there. And it's funny, I just find, like, if you take the, uh, the surface kind of cartoon version of the left and the right politically, it is like the, the right are like, you know, bathe in the blood of the workers, we're the cruel rich people, we don't want to pay taxes. And then the cartoon version of the left is, is that, is like, we can't even bring up these topics. It's like the thought police, like you can't even say these things without ever looking at why it's being said and who's making the show. Because the point we made on that King of Kensington episode, obviously it's not a writer's room full of Archie Bunkers writing that show. It's not like a bunch of bigots wrote a show about bigotry. It's the opposite, <laughs> which is just, it's just funny the, to not get that, you know. And the sad thing about Archie Bunker would probably, would not be seen on television today because he addressed issues that are, are out there. There's no question it's all, it's all there. But people don't like to talk about racism. They don't like to talk about black versus white, poor versus rich, uh, anybody of color who doesn't uh, fit into the mainstream. They just don't want to talk about it, but it's out there. And, but, but still, it would, not be, it would not be put on TV. Yeah, it is it's kind of like an irony of, uh, I mean, I do think things are better overall, but it's at a, at, a, at a weird cost, you know? It's like things with the internet age and Twitter and social media, when bad stuff happens or people act badly, it's easier to expose them and it's easier to like turn over the rock and you know expose the uh the horrible grubs to the sunlight but at the same time you like it's called like cancel culture where if you do say something people don't like there's no discussion you're just you're canceled everyone just dog piles on you and you're done for and uh i don't know there's just a lot of weird examples i mean particularly in canada where we have uh uh, I don't know, stuff like, I mean, I guess it's the kind of thing, I guess, that would come up now if there were a new version of All in the Family. Stuff like uh, trans rights, you know, transgender people. And, like, there was a big deal in uh, universities in Ontario of of they were going to, like, make it basically law. Law that you have to refer to people by the proper gender pronoun that they want and stuff. Which it's like, it's well-meaning. It's trying to progress things forward. But when you make it a law it's too far. It's like you can't force R.G. Bunker to call a transgender woman she, for instance. You can't. But, and <laughs> but even if you do, what has it changed for him? Yeah, exactly. Uh, if he still feels 
a, a prejudice or a hate or something, just because you call something by another name doesn't fix that problem. Yeah, it's like the uh, the, the symptoms and what is that saying? With, with uh, you want to fix the cause, not the symptoms. So uh, yeah, I've got some uh, some factoids about All in the Family. So it aired on CBS for nine seasons from January 1971 till April 1979. So if I remember right, uh, King of Kensington started in 75, right? Mm, so Yes, yes, it did. So All in the Family had been going for a while, and it was part of the wave of post-shows. But there was a show before it, too, it turns out. But it uh, ran for nine seasons, 205 episodes. Afterwards, it was continued with uh, spin-offs. Uh, Archie Bunker's Place apparently ran for four more seasons. I never even heard of that show. Bunker's Place. I can't place that. And then different uh, different stuff. Maud and Sanford and Son, they're like in the same yes, universe. and uh, the, um, the, the, the rich bunch, that the, the black people that moved, uh, moved yeah, around yeah. to the south side. Uh, the Jeffersons. The Jeffersons, yes. Yeah. There were a lot of spinoffs of that. And that's all not... Uh, not coincidence, because this show was created by a guy named Norman Lear, who also made Maude, Sanford and Son, <laughs> The Jeffersons, Good Times. He's currently 100 years old and is not dead. Which is <laughs> shocking, because everyone's always dead when we do these old TV shows. I saw um, probably about, not that long ago, five or six years ago, somebody did an interview of Norman Lear. And he was, he was probably about 90 at that time, so it would be 10 years ago. What a fascinating man. His whole, uh, like his whole history, uh, born in the Bronx, uh, you know, hard coming up through the Depression, that sort of thing. Just a fascinating man to listen to. He, he worked on all these shows, but I don't know, I don't know the origins of all these other ones necessarily. Maude and Sanford and Sons and the Jeffersons, like where, except A lot that, of them were people who, who were uh, people who showed up in, in the Archie Bunker series. Right. Um, like the Jeffersons moved into the neighborhood, and of course there was this big hate on, my goodness, you've got a black family moving into this white neighborhood, and Archie's all upset and trying to get all the other neighbors to kick them out. And they turn out to be their best friends. Right. They live right next door, and they, they turn out to be wonderful, wonderful people that Archie does finally come to accept. And then they get some money somewhere. Mr. Jefferson... He runs a dry cleaning place or something, but somehow he makes all this money and they move on up. Even that's kind of admirable, just that uh, so many sitcom spinoffs kind of worked out. I mean, Maude, the only reason I know Maude is there's a famous thing that the uh, final moments of the Super Bowl one time got cut off so they could play Maude. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like nobody in the world wanted to see Maude. No one cared. Maude is like the, I think she's supposed to be like a feminine version of Archie Bunker, really outspoken woman, but very liberated. Like she believes in abortion and she believes in sex out of marriage and all this stuff that uh, would not be mainstream television. But she was the, she's not a bigot like Archie, but she's very outspoken and the, 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 she's the man of the house in her house. Yeah, it's impressive just that these spinoffs actually worked in that era. Because in my era of like the 90s and the 2000s, spinoffs never worked. Like Friends is the most successful sitcom of all time. And then Joey, Joey goes to the West Coast to be an actor. No, thank you. <laughs> you know, like I can't think of a single successful. See, the, the people spin-off. in Friends are just nice. They're all nice people. Right. 
um, the people in the spin-offs are not necessarily nice people. Archie Bunker is not necessarily a nice person. Maud is not a nice person. She puts her husband down and treats him like, like he's the shit on her shoe. The Jeffersons again. You've got a. You've got the Mrs. Jefferson, very outspoken black woman. Uh, Which again, I mean, that's kind of was my problem again with King of Kensington, because I mean, I was kind of raised on the super cynical uh, marriage with children, and then that segued straight into the just cruel. What's the word? Selfishness of Seinfeld. So, like, for me, to, when I watch these old sitcoms about nice people, I could give a fuck. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. well, none, of, none of these spin-off people are necessarily nice people. Like, they're good people. In their heart, they really are good. But they're not saccharine or sweet or... Uh, you don't finish the show saying, my goodness, I just love that person. I'd love to have that person for a best friend. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> You wouldn't, because they'd be putting you in your place all the time. So another detail about All in the Family I did not know, which I guess shouldn't be surprising, because I don't know shit about anything, really, from this era, but uh, it was based on a British sitcom. So we had our our time when we were doing British shows. Or I guess we did mostly American, uh, British versions of American mm. shows, and we didn't do too much of the reverse. It's the British show. It's called Till Death Us Do Part. It began in 1965, and Norman Lear said when he saw it, it portrayed a relationship just like the one between his father and himself. So that's obviously the Rob Reiner character oh. and the Carol O'Connor character, except the British version. There's something about that seems to ring a bell with me, but I can't remember what it is, so maybe we need to check that one out. Yeah, I'm sure. I haven't looked at it yet, but I'm sure there must be some around. But yeah, so when he saw that and he's like, ding, ding, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make an American version of that, which again, I haven't looked much into Norman Lear's career, but... Uh, yeah, so it's, it's, I don't know if this was his first show or if he did stuff before, but All in the Family, based on a British show, which, yeah, it's just surprising how often that happens and how often it's not really known that... And you know what's nice about it is they give credit. Norman Lear could say, oh, no, I just had that idea myself from life and people I know around me, but he doesn't. He says, no, I saw a British TV show, and that gave me the idea, and I ran with it. And then, yeah, I guess we've kind of already covered this, but, uh, you know, just the wiki thing saying how the show revolves around the life of a working class man and his family. Show broke ground in its depiction of issues previously considered unsuitable for U.S. network television comedy, such as, <laughs> it's a long list, racism, anti-Semitism, infidelity, homosexuality, women's liberation, rape, religion, miscarriages, abortion, breast cancer, the Vietnam War, menopause, and impotence. And though depicting these controversial issues, the series became arguably one of television's most influential comedic programs as it injected the sitcom format with more dramatic moments and realistic topical conflicts. All in the Family is often regarded in the United States as one of the greatest television series in history. So, yeah. I would agree. And, of course, you will not be at all surprised to learn that the first time I ever became aware of All in the Family was because of The Simpsons. <laughs> they had they had a, uh, a flashback episode about when Maggie was born, and they start at the piano and Marge and Homer sing the, the All in the Family song, but with comedy lyrics. And uh, Rob Reiner, I knew as the director of Spinal Tap. I had no idea he was an actor. That he had a previous... Uh, life yeah. as as um, Meatball. It's very similar to uh, what's the kid's name from Happy Days who became a director? Oh, uh, Ron Howard. Yeah, Ron Howard. I, I was vaguely aware of Ron Howard as an actor but mainly I know him as a director. So it's just funny, the reverse, right? Like, everybody else... Meathead. 
<laughs> yeah, Rob, Rob Reiner is meathead. <laughs> but it's just funny in cases like that, right, where everybody else, when they saw Spinal Tap, they're like, hey, look at that. It's, uh, it's the dude from All in the Family, where I, years later, when I became aware of All in the Family, I was like, that's the guy from Spinal Tap, <laughs> but young. <laughs> just, you know, how you come into things from opposite sides. So uh, one thing, too, we run into sometimes with old shows is it's interesting to start with the first one, but sometimes the first episode is not really representative of a show because it hasn't gotten its shit together yet. But I looked up a list of top 10 episodes of All in the Family, and one of the top 10 was the first episode. So I'm like, perfect. Checks both boxes so we can watch the first one and be uh, confident that it's also a good episode. So first episode of All in the Family. This episode is called Meet the Bunkers. From Television City in Hollywood. Boy, the way Glenn Miller played. Songs that made the hit parade. Guys like us, we had it Yeah, so we'll definitely have to, uh, for next week, track down the the British version. Because, yeah, it's always interesting to see how things relate from one to the other. But, yeah, that was definitely, like, uh, you know, it is one of those things, too, where we can never be sure when we go into these things. Like, we hypothesize, like, oh, we might like the show, might not like this show. But uh, it's nice when it turns out, you know, where where I was saying how I had a feeling I would like this more as far as the King of Kensington era of sitcoms go. And I definitely did. Like, you just can feel right away those shows that are, there's a reason why they're like the classic shows, you know? They just have, like, energy right away. And the situation is really clear. And everything is just, has that classic feel or whatever. And everybody that's in that, we all know everybody. We all know those people. Right. Yeah, they, they just like it. it's really well balanced too. Because uh, first off, it's it's funny to think of people at the time not getting that Archie Bunker's the butt of the joke. Seems very clear to me. But at the same time, uh, Rob Reiner's character is very obnoxious. Like they balance it out quite well. Yeah. I don't want to hang out with that guy either. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, he's he's the foil for everything that Archie says. Rob Reiner is the foil. Yeah. So it's like. Uh, you know, obviously I don't agree with all of Archie Bunker's various political views and, you know, racist weird shit that he says. But at the same time, when Rob Reiner starts going off on his high falutin blah, 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 I'm very much with Archie when he's like, ah, shut up. Like, no one wants to hear all your, like, I understand how the world should be bullshit. So, yeah, it's a good balance, definitely. Yeah, it's well written. Well written. Yeah, so that's where it will be interesting because I also saw at the end there, written by Norman Lear, but uh, it will be interesting to see the British one and see if it is just sort of thematically the same or if it is one of those situations where they just took a show and turned it into an American thing. I'm kind of curious. But yeah, on the other hand, though, it does also feel like, like man, it's hard to imagine nine seasons and 200 episodes because I feel like that, that pilot really nailed it so hard. Like, it's so clear. Here's not only what the characters are and here's what the situation is, but here's the point of this show. But but this show didn't just stagnate and always be like that. They gave a little hint there at the end. 
where Rob Reiner says, I didn't know you were, you had such a soft heart, you were such a softy, Archie. And as that show develops, you do see a much softer side of Archie, like Rob and the meathead and Gloria have a little baby later, and you know, that, uh, he, the grandfather thing, like, really changes him. But he's always still that character, but you, you get to see a softer side. You get to see, uh, the early shows, it's just always putting down Edith, putting down Edith, putting down Edith. But Edith gets a little bit of a backbone, too, and you see a, a relationship more between them. You, you do see, like, a softer side of him. So, uh, by the time you see the end of that show, it's, he's, he, all the characters are quite different. They've, they've all softened. They've all lived their lives and run up against all these things in the world that kind of just make people change. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking it would be funny if uh, they did, like, in wrestling, they call it a double turn, where at the start of the match, one guy's a good guy and one guy's a bad guy, but by the end, it's switched. Or what if by season nine, Archie Bunker was uh, calmed down, and uh, and what if uh, Meathead was, like, maybe he's become more cynical. <laughs> that would be kind of interesting, just that the world is tougher than he thought it was or whatever. But yeah, it is interesting, too, with Archie Bunker, where it does seem like a good character where he he has so many negative qualities, but they also make it clear that he really... His biggest problem is that he just has this huge blind spot to himself because he legitimately thinks he's friends with that guy, Lionel, the black dude who does uh, does repair work for him, even though he was literally a minute before that saying weird stuff that is, like, not directly insulting black people, but it's, how else can you take it, you know, as, as Mead had brought up. What's his real name, Michael? Michael. <laughs> as, uh, Michael Stivick. Yeah, whereas he brought up, is like, yeah, well, like, you know, you're you're dancing around it. Like, you've, you've got plausible deniability but how else am i supposed to take these things that you're saying if not as an insult to black people but then he's like but i got a black friend right here i work with some jews down at work and yeah like he's really so it's like you can see that path to redemption is possible because he in his weird way he doesn't think he's a bad guy <laughs> oh, he doesn't think he's a bad guy at all he doesn't he doesn't think he's prejudiced right but he does represent um a, a world where people think certain people think that there are other people in the world who are undeserving they they don't work they they just waste everybody's time and my goodness he's, they had so many words in there like for jewish people I, I can't even think of what they all were but there had to be at least 10 different words for jewish people that were are derogatory uh, but archie doesn't see that as as derogatory because everybody he knows they all talk like that yeah, I mean, in my specific generation, I talked about this a lot with uh, my friends who I grew up with and stuff, is uh, just like, I guess for us, it's more, it's like gay slurs were the thing in the 80s, where it was so normal when I was a kid, hanging out with the neighborhood kids, be like, you know, someone falls down off their bike and scrapes their knee, and you're like, yeah, quit crying, you fag. <laughs> you know, we just didn't think about it. Hmm. And then you grow up and you meet some gay people, and you're like, oh, man, that's a weird thing to say. But we just literally, no one thought about it at the time. And that is that is what you're introduced to with the Archie Bunker character. And especially with you, they open up with that song about how much better things were when they were young in the Depression. They need a Hubert Hoover. They need a... Um, their oldest Sal, how great it ran. You know what? Life was no better than it, than it was for them now. Probably not as good financially and all that sort of thing. But 
that the that was the blue collar workers of the United States, white people. They, yeah, they felt that everybody else, the immigrants and that, were coming in and taking all their jobs and taking all their money and and really it hasn't changed any. I don't find it's the same. The other uh, things that that show made me think of that were just more about uh, sitcom history are it is very reminiscent of Married with Children, even just the whole layout of the way the house looks and that it's, uh, you know, the fourth wall thing where there's the three walls and then the fourth wall is not there. (laughs) That whole style is the same. And Married with Children is very much like that same scenario, but all the wind is out of the sails. Like in this show... Archie Bunker is still, you know, he's uh, he's kind of a nobody. He's just uh, whatever cog in society, and he's obviously feels like he's losing his spot on top as the white man, and you know, but he still has that bluster of like, I'm gonna still pretend I'm the top dog and I'm the king of the castle, whether I am or not. Where by the time you get ten years down the road to Al Bundy, it's a very similar situation, but there's no more, no more gusto in him yeah, anymore. Yeah, he's just like, Al Bundy's oh. beaten down. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing is just his mannerisms and stuff. The way, uh, what's the actor's name? Carol? Carol O'Connor. Carol O'Connor. His way that he acts as Archie Bunker is super similar to uh, David Brent from the British office. Like, you can really tell Ricky Gervais is pulling a lot from those mannerisms and stuff and just his movements and his facial expressions. I couldn't believe how similar it was. It's like, man, I bet dollars to donuts that... uh, Ricky Gervais watched a lot of All in the Family growing up. In the interview that I heard uh, with Norman Lear, uh, he said that as soon as he saw Carol O'Connor, Carol O'Connor is, is, was quite a well-known actor before that in movies, and I've seen him in, in other things before that before this. Uh, but he said as soon as he saw him, he said that he's Archie Bunker. There's nobody else who could play that role. And I, I agree. I can't imagine anybody else being able to pull that off. Yeah. Because you're right, the facial expressions, every once in a while, and, and, and they're so subtle, but they're there. Just, you know, the little flick of the eyes, the little raising of the eyebrows, and it, it's just there for a second. He even has a, a weird way of looking directly at the camera, you know, breaking the fourth wall, like looking at the audience without seeming like that's what he's doing, which is like, I've never really seen that. <laughs> that usually... That's a mistake, usually, if someone looks toward the camera, but he was doing it all the time, and it just seemed natural and it's obviously a really hard line to walk you know like if you tipped that character if you one way or the other it just wouldn't come off the same like you've really got to walk that line of like like he is the the butt of the joke but he's also supposed to be sympathetic and he's got all these opinions that are wrong but you have to be able to understand why he has them and it's like yeah you got it's just a lot of luck going on there which is uh yeah, just again, I, I mean, I really keep just dogpiling on King of Kensington, but King of Kensington to me felt like let's make up a fantasy version of how a working class man is, where this feels like let's make a guy, let's make an actual guy, <laughs> you know? Or it's like, uh, man, what's that? It's like, um, oh, man, there's like a term for this in writing, but it's where it's like the uh, the writing evolves out of the situation and out of the characteristics of the people in the piece and then the king of kensington style is we've got a goal at the end and we just need to get to the goal and it doesn't matter if everything feels fake on the way where i feel like all in the family there's not a goal it's more just let's 
set up a, a mechanism of these people and watch it happen, <laughs> you know? So it's a lot more natural. feels a lot and way better. And there was a lot in that. That was a one-half-hour show, wasn't yeah. it? That there was a lot happening in that show. Not just introducing characters, but they, they seem to cover every gamut of anything that could you could make a prejudiced remark about in the world. They seem to have touched on all of it. That's well, what I'm going to, since the day is still young, why don't we pick a second all in family and watch there must be another one that you can just pick right up conveniently there. enough i do have another one here we'll still we'll just wrap up the podcast here but uh on the top 10 again i went down the top 10 it's season three episode 21 everybody tells the truth and this seemed like of the top 10 the lightest one everybody tells the truth from what i understand it's sort of like a a maybe rashomon is too highfalutin an example but it's like here's Archie's version of the story and here's the other guy's version of the story and then Edith here's the real version of the story you know just type of thing so yeah we'll wrap up the podcast there but we're gonna watch another All in the Family yeah so next week I'll I'll dig up uh, Till Death Us Do Part I believe it was called the here's British how, one here's how we'll finish this off we're taking a, a few words from Archie Bunker's book shut up meathead <laughs> <Yeah>. stifle it <laughs> Edith stifle stifle stifle